you know, we have these, uh, you know, masks at the entranceway just in case uh, some of you forget, conveniently forget your mask. And I thought maybe a good way to, to make sure everyone remembers their mask is to only get Green Bay Packer masks. How wonderful that would look for me to see all of you. We love the masks, right? Well, thank you for wearing them. Thank you for, thank you for hanging in there. We all hate them, but we're in it together. We'll hate them together. I think that's a legitimate hatred to hate masks. I think we're okay. Okay, now the, the theme for today that the church gives us through these readings is, is, is actually pretty heavy, right? The theme of forgiveness. What I'd like you to do first, every single one of us has been deeply hurt. Now, some more profoundly than others, but, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter to compare. Never compare with each other any of this stuff because it doesn't help us. Each one of us have deep wounds, and we feel it. And many of us have held on to those wounds for, for years. It could be uh, often, you know, it's wounds from a parent, a sibling, a spouse, children. So very often families, but sometimes others. So just consider, you know, those wounds that still hurt for you and maybe those people you have yet to forgive. Just consider them. Hopefully it won't take you too long. Consider them now. Okay. First, some misconceptions about forgiveness. Forgiveness does not equal reconciliation. Forgiveness is not... I am back fully in relationship with the one who hurt me. That's not forgiveness. That's reconciliation. So for confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, the reason why you only have to go to reconciliation when you've committed a mortal sin is because mortal sin breaks the relationship with God and you need to be reconciled. A venial sin does not break the relationship with God. So reconciliation is not necessary. Forgiveness still is, but that can happen between ourselves and God directly. But when we've broken the relationship, we need an extraordinary act of receiving forgiveness and apologizing, just like in any human relationship. You know, so normally, ideally, I should say, with people who are very close to us, when they offend us, people we, we really love, we, we do seek reconciliation. We want reconciliation. But the two are mutually exclusive. It, it would be difficult to reconcile without forgiveness, of course. But sometimes forgiveness does not, well, forgiveness never necessitates reconciliation. And sometimes it would not be good. Because there are some people in our lives who are toxic, who are unhealthy. And we know that it's best for us not to be in relationship with them. So when the Lord urges us, he always urges us more to forgive. There are passages where he talks about reconciliation, but strictly speaking, they're different things. And the greater imperative is always we forgive. Now, second misconception. Well, Father, I don't want to forgive them. They don't deserve it. They haven't admitted they did anything wrong. 
They haven't apologized. Forgiveness is not about the person forgiven. We don't forgive for the person. That's what we get wrong. Forgiveness is for us. So when Jesus talks about forgiving others, just like today's gospel, he talks about the reason and motivation we ought to forgive is because we're asking him for forgiveness. And if we want to be forgiven by God, we have to forgive others. I mean, we say this every time we say the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Forgive us our sins in the same measure that we have forgiven others. So if we don't forgive others, whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're telling God not to forgive us. In a sense, we're kind of condemning ourselves. The motivation to forgive is largely for ourselves. Let me explain why, you know, kind of, many of you know this, you know, it's review, and that's fine. But when we don't forgive somebody, they don't know, really. There's a good chance I've offended some of you, completely unaware. Actually, I'll be honest with you, I am completely unaware of anybody I've offended. But there's a good chance I have. And I am sorry, but I don't know it. I'm not going to go home today and think, oh, all those people I've offended that I didn't know. I, I, I can't. No one lives in that space mentally. We can't, we, because you, you can't, you just don't carry that. The person who's been offended and hasn't forgiven is the one who lives in that space. Oh, that Father John, I'm so mad at him. Trust me, he doesn't know. And this doesn't mean write, start to write more letters. <laughs> I don't want to say you can't, but, but I, you know, I will, for, I will uh, not just forgive, I, will, I would apologize, of course, too, if I did something wrong. But um, that's not how it works. What happens is when we don't forgive the person we're upset with, there's a, there's a saying, we're allowing them to live rent-free in our heads. We're the ones obsessing about them. They are not obsessing about us. They don't even know. Now, in some relationships, you'll see this in families, uh, between siblings, you'll see it uh, between parents, uh, spouses, and sometimes like at school you'll see it, you know, for like junior high, high school. People will try to passive-aggressively punish the other person who has done something wrong, All right? So... Um, well, I don't have to give it, go into a whole lot of detail here. I think you know how this works. The, the most simplest thing is the silent treatment. You know, they did something I didn't like, so the silent treatment. Passive-aggressive. Not dealing with the issue. I'm going to punish them. And then they're going to know that I'm upset. So we do use unforgiveness as a weapon to other people. But it still causes us more misery. Because even that passive-aggressive dynamic only leads to more resentment. It doesn't heal anything. It doesn't fix anything. The person who doesn't forgive continues to be absorbed by that, that hurt or that pain. So when we forgive, what we're really doing is we're unbinding ourselves from that other person 
and that pain. We're truly letting that go. And, and in a sense, we're then letting that person be free. We're letting ourselves be free, and we're letting them be free of, of any kind of coercion because of that pain. So if a spouse offended you, I'm sure the silent treatment never happens in your marriages, but I've heard sometimes it happens, you know, in others. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's not productive. And you know it's not. We all know it's not productive. But we do it because we want to hurt back. We want to hurt somebody back. So we, so we use all kinds of different sort of passive-aggressive ways to do it. But it never makes us really feel better. Oh, Father, it does. You're not married. I don't think it probably really, really does solve the problem in the end. You might get a little bit of satisfaction. Make your own dinner then, you know. But there's temporary satisfaction, but there's often guilt that comes with that because we know that it's not how we're supposed to be. So to forgive, we do it for two primary reasons. Number one, so that we will be forgiven by God. And number two, to unbind ourselves from the pain or the hurt or the trauma that happened to us. This does not, you know, mean that the pain was a fiction. It doesn't mean the other person doesn't deserve what's coming to them. It doesn't mean they don't deserve justice. It also doesn't mean that we're going to be back in relationship with them, depending on the circumstances. It truly means we let it go. When we realize that it's actually easier than we think, forgiving becomes not as hard, certainly from my own perspective, as it once was. When we realize that, you know, the the person who offended me isn't my responsibility. I don't have to fix them. I don't have to make them see what they did wrong. That's not my job at all. My job is to let it go. Well, Father, does it mean you're going to, you know, be really close friends? Probably not. And that's okay. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You know, if you're, if you're in a relationship where the other person constantly offends, and it, let's say it's not a marriage, but let's say it's, you know, a dating relationship or a friendship. You know, I think of, I think of uh, especially teenage girls who I, I think teenage girls are meaner than boys are. Now, you might say that's misogynistic. I don't mean it that way. I mean, I have nieces, you know, and, and, and I think girls, guys will just sort of fight, and then it's over. And I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that as men, we, we don't tend to hold on to stuff. Girls are so mean. They're so mean to each other. And there, I mean, even, even as a priest, like, I know that if I offend a, a woman or if I say no, like, I, it may take a decade for that to go away. And so I try to be really careful. But it, it's, and you know, what, you know what that is, ladies? And th- I know this is a generalization, but I think you're laughing because you know that some of this is true. <laughs> Part of it is because of the passive-aggressive nature of it. You know, we, we and, and men do their stuff, and then, of course, it's combined, and, you know, we all do some of the same things. But 
the passive aggressive, never resolving, never forgiving, holding on to it forever until I die thing is not of God. It's not of God for any of us. The second reading, uh, we hear that we belong to God. And it's just so important for us to remember. We are God's. We belong to God first. He created us and he wants us back forever and ever. He wants us for eternity, but he wants us to be like him. He wants us to fit into his, as it were, divine mercy for all of eternity, which means we have to become more merciful. This is something, I I think this is a message the world so needs to incorporate. But again, we can start here. Let things go. It's easier than you think. Unbind yourself. Unburden yourself from the pain. And when you do that, that's when God's grace can really begin to heal.